And, and does this show why Noel Thorpe wanted out last year? Maybe. maybe. Yeah, exactly. I want to leave Red. Oh, wait, I'm stuck here. Oh, I'm so sad. Hey, at least they got poutine and smoked meat sandwiches in Montreal, right? That's, that's fair. They're still doing pretty all right. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL podcast. Every week, John, John Fraser. Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers, I don't know what is. And Travis Kura. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza's better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook Welcome to episode 40 of the Two and Out CFL podcast with John Fraser, and I am Travis Curra. John, uh, it came across Sunday night. Let's just get right into this uh, before we get into the news. There was a tweet that came from uh, DraftKings saying that fantasy yep. football is coming early, but what else could it have been? And then Monday, it was announced that CFL is now available on DraftKings. Which just completely blew my mind and, like, changed my perspective on everything. Um, For one, though, and I'm going to reference the rant from last episode. If you haven't heard it, I'm just as frustrated as you are, DraftKings player, because (laughs) I know that return yards are a big part of DraftKings. And, uh, hey, Travis, I'm going to ask you, do we have stats yet? Uh (laughs) Well... If you look hard enough, really. the darkest depths of the internet has them somewhere. <laughs> and I and I went to the darkest depths uh, on Monday night. Oh, you you've seen some weird stuff that involves leather footballs and goats uh, <laughs> looking for those stats. Yes, and I, I wrote a piece for CFLPass.ca because uh, a lot of uh, DraftKings players. From south of the border, welcome to the show if it's your first time listening. Yeah, and they started saying, "Well, we got to find depth charts. We got to figure out who's playing. We got to figure out who's going to be uh, getting the ball the most." So I put this uh, piece together, CFLPass.ca. It basically has the five uh, weapons from each team across the league to start the season. Anyway, of course, things can change with injuries and performance as the year goes on, but that should help you for Week One. Uh, Let's talk about how it is for the CFL. This is huge. Well, this is this is massive. I mean, they've been going after a younger demo for yeah. a long time. I've always kind of thought about playing DraftKings, and I've never, you know, baseball, I know it pretty good. NFL is such a crapshoot. I just feel like the CFL with eight teams playing on a week – that you're really going to have a solid chance of really doing well, especially if you know the game. And I happen to co-own and co-produce a fantasy football podcast. So I'm feeling pretty good right now. It's exciting. I made my first DraftKings deposit, uh, making some plays too as well. And we should uh, tell our new listeners, our new followers, um, because this caught us as such a surprise, um, we've been tipped off for things before from the league. This one, uh, we weren't, obviously, probably because I've been shredding them for the past <laughs> mm, six months. Um, so I take responsibility for this, but we are currently in the works. We're going to try to get something to you that, that's more stable depth charts, more updated. We're really in the works with stuff, so we'll announce all of that here in the coming weeks. But we are working on a, uh, a couple pretty cool partnerships that'll 
give you, the two and out CFL podcast listener, the best chance at winning Canadian DraftKings. No doot about it, let's, eh? Get me that maple syrup. <laughs> let's let's talk about. Let's get right to the players here because uh, when I when I go through uh, the player values uh, on DraftKings, most of them are quite accurate. And they're well yep. done. I don't know what formula they use to to come up with the values, but a lot of them are quite well. Uh, let's just let's get right into our lineups. Is there a couple players that you're gravitating towards this year because of their price or this week anyway? Um, and I mean, for this this week, I can tell you, I'm running three teams with three almost completely different lineups, and Jerome Messiman is is in every single one of them. He is Calgary's starting running back. Over the past, he had his little NFL exodus where he went to go find himself, kind of disappeared for a while, had a couple terrible interviews with yours truly at uh, Riders Training Camp, then got traded to Calgary where he is the starting tailback. He's a dominant force, and I think he's undervalued, like, Big time. Um, I'm really drawn to Jerome Messam. Another guy I've been very much drawn to is Kevin Glenn, starting quarterback in in Montreal. Just Mr. Consistent, always seems to get it done. And he's got some great weapons in Montreal, too. I don't uh, Montreal's defense is going to look a lot like Swiss cheese. But to me, I think that Kevin Glenn of the offense will be just fine. In fact, you know what? You started a little invite-only uh, – to and out CFL podcast league. Why don't we tip our, our hands here? I'm not going to tell you my, my lineups for the other ones because I think I got a couple guys I really like. But let's. Uh, why don't we go through our two lineups and share them with our wonderful, wonderful uh, listeners. Yeah, and if you want in the two and out uh, podcast league, just fire me your email. They, they do have the link that works, but it might just work better if you fire fire us your email at two and out CFL on uh, Twitter. Uh, I have Messam going as well. He's the fifth most... Uh, expensive running back in the game right now, which, but it's still undervalued it, yeah. even at fifth most. Fifth most. I mean, Andrew Harris banged himself up. We don't know what Jeremiah Johnson's going to do in BC. I mean, BC's kind of a bit of a pass wacky team. Tyrell Sutton. I think Montreal's going to have to air it out a, a pile. John White is coming back from Achilles an Achilles injury. Um, you look at guys in and around that. C.J. Gable, same thing. He's coming back from an injury plague season. I do. I like Gable. I'm using him as a flex in some of my other drafts. But you know what? For what you're getting, I mean, you look. Jeremiah Johnson, 7,500. Anthony Allen's 56. We don't know who's getting the bulk of the carries in BC just yet. Yeah, we, we don't know. So I'm I'm not relying on that at all. There's a lot of talk of Messam being uh, not reliable coming into the season. I, I don't know where it's coming from. He seems to be falling down in value. Uh, some are questioning his shape, but he's always been an absolute bulldozer, and I wouldn't get in his way to tell him he's not in playing shape. So, <laughs> Yeah, um, and even not at playing shape, he's still such a g- he is. large man. He that- is. I don't think he has anything to worry about. I think another criminally underrated player uh, that we have here, too, is SJ Green. He's in my main lineup. He's $6,400, and he's actually $1,600 cheaper than Deron Carter, who's returning to the league this year. And we don't know what what he's going to do. All right, why don't we... Okay, I'll tell you my lineup here for the two-and-out league. I've got Kevin Glenn at 8,700, which to me is is real good value for a quarterback. That right now is outside of the top 
six in quarterbacks. Um, Jerome Messam, we were talking about him. I did go expensive with Adarius Bowman only because I, I, from what I saw from Edmonton's offense through your periscope, because they didn't broadcast the game in any sense at all, I think Edmonton's offense is going to be a, is going to be really good, and I think Adarius Bowman is really going to benefit from that. I went with Tony Gurley, a rookie standout from last year with Toronto. Ricky Ray is back, feeling healthy. I know that they talk about stacking up guys here in DraftKings, um, but again, you got to think if you think with with the CFL, usually it's only one, maybe two guys that goes off. So to me, you got to pick the guys that are going to go off. I've got Chad Owens as a flex at seven thousand. Um, I think uh, Masoli is really going to lean on him. He's a veteran. Uh, Trayvon Van taking over as a starting running back for Ottawa and uh, the Stamp. By the way, speaking of criminally underrated. The Stampeders D and special team at just forty nine hundred dollars. Wow, yeah, <laughs> that's the second most amongst the special teams outside of Edmonton. And again, the Eskimos, last year's Grey Cup champions, they've lost basically what is it half their starting secondary. Yeah. So to me, uh, that's that's a lineup I'm comfortable rolling with. I think uh, Glenn's going to have. I think all those guys are going to kind of be uh, kind of have big games. Uh, going with uh, three receivers and two running backs too as well. I uh, decided to save money at quarterback, which I, I don't know if this is how it should be. But Jonathan Jennings is the cheapest starting quarterback in Week One. I will take that deal. Every single day of the week. I know they're against the Stampeders, but he's a dynamic player that can make a lot happen. So I've added, uh, a, and I save money there, and I save money in defense. Uh, the Alouettes, uh, I have uh, Stefan Logan's going to add some special teams there, and uh, I have them going against the Bombers, who I, I don't know about that offensive line. So I really think the front seven in Montreal could create some problems at the same time. The secondary <laughs> looks like an absolute mess right now, but that's a chance I'm willing to take because I, I was able to get Jerome Messam in there. Uh, Manny Arsenault pairing him with Jennings, SJ green. Uh, we talked about him a bit. Uh, Tory Gurley, 10 touchdowns last year. I don't know if he can do double digits again, but uh, he's going to have another great season with a healthy Ricky Ray. And yeah, I, I got a Darius Bowman in there as well. I don't know how much better he could get. He has nearly 3,000 yards over the past two seasons, but he's going to have another great year uh, with a healthy Mike Riley to start the season. Yeah, no, and I think think you're bang on. Uh, I like both of our picks. We're going to see head-to-head which one of us wins. It's a winner-take-all right now. We're up to 22.50. It's half full. So that'll be uh, that'll be cool. I'm looking forward to see which one of us uh, does yeah, better. Yeah, we'll keep you updated on DraftKings uh, throughout the year. Uh, if you want depth charts, more stats, cflpass.ca. Follow us at 2 and Out CFL. And there are a couple guys that I want to uh, uh, get you to follow as well. Uh, Derek Taylor, who's actually uh, he's debuting a new set segment on TSN right now as we speak. They're doing the CFL Top 50 today. Mike Riley, S quarterback, was number one, by the way. And Derek Taylor's segment is called Details. And he has the most detailed stats uh, of anyone. Oh, he's unbelievable. So he's at DT on SC. And uh, shout out to Mark Fulton as well. He's at FenderGuy69. I know you're looking to get in on on some stats to make your lineups uh, the best 
this season for DraftKings. So welcome to the CFL. Let's have some fun. <laughs> if you have any questions, I, I've been answering questions all, all night long, man. I don't think I got any sleep. I do find it interesting that one of the scoring uh, rules on DraftKings is the Rouge, which I appreciate, but <laughs> can you really rely on uh, you, you want your kicker to miss kicks and uh, screw up coffin corner punts? <laughs> But you know what will be hilarious is if somebody at some point is going to win a, 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 dra- a pile of money because of a rouge, and I can't wait for that That's to happen. That's what I want. Somebody wins five grand because of a rouge. We, we just want the rouge to always be a thing. So if it rises to prominence because of this story that somebody won 30 grand because of a rouge, that would suit us just fine, man. I am all about that. So uh, let's get right into the let's get to the news. Uh, Brazilian tie won't be doing getting waxed today because we have delegated uh, the two and out CFL podcast fantasy head to head league uh, with him. So if you're new yes. to CFL fantasy and you want to do head to head fantasy dot ca check that out i know uh, ty is doing the draft he's got he told me he had like four monitors going and spreadsheets galore so he won't have time to do and he's, he's still gonna find a way because <laughs> let's let's face it who did ty take with his third pick in our like our buddy our friends and family draft Travis, william powell uh who's out for the year with an achilles injury and this is the guy we put in charge of representing us <laughs> I really hope he goes 0-18. What the hell were we thinking? <laughs> hey, we want to give everybody else a chance, right? Well, just play the getting wax music, and you listen to him get waxed every week in our <laughs> in our lineups. <laughs> but, worst part is, worst part is, is I know Banny, who's one of the entrants yeah. in this. I played a little hockey with him, so I'm waiting to hear from him, like all sorts of texts saying, "Hey, your team, it sucks." <laughs> Yeah, we should maybe take our logo off of that team just in case. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, you know what um, let's let's do it. Also, speaking of speaking of fantasy, um, let's throw it out there to our listeners before we get in, get into the news brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink. Um, let's um, if you got good team names, fire them our way. Um, I have to. I stole this one from Eric M of Blue Bomber Buzz. Um, Weston Road Flows, uh, A, Weston Dressler, B, it's uh, a song off of Views by Drake, which, by the way, is an unbelievable album. It's a nice little combination of the two, so that is my team name this year, Weston Road Flows. If you have one, just tweet at us, Instagram, you know all the ways to get a hold of us. Let's get to the news, brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out Podcast. All right, we already talked about our bomb of the week, which is the DraftKings news. was absolutely insane, but thanks to uh, Bomb Energy Drink for coming on. Make sure you follow them at thebombnation.com, and you can actually buy their uh, energy drink online, shop.drinkbomb.com, proudly Canadian energy drink. And I know uh, John, <laughs> oh, he boy. loves that stuff. It is- oh, I do, I do. You know what, my case... 
showed up not too long ago as part of our sponsorship agreement. It's like, I've tried the product before. I'm like, hey, you know what looks really good is me actually drinking it. Um, it is amazing. Tastes good when it touches you in the lips. Hey, don't get that, that, that same kind of crash that you get with some energy drinks. So I'm a huge fan. I go through way too many energy drinks. So we're glad to have uh, the bomb, uh, bomb energy drink on as a sponsor. Uh, Len Rhodes, president and CEO of the Edmonton Eskimos, will be joining us uh, later on uh, before we talk about our uh, picks for week one. I can't believe we're talking about games that actually count. But final cutdown day was on Sunday. And, John, I'll be honest, there wasn't that many surprising cuts uh, as years passed. Uh, There was most of the stuff I was actually expecting. Yeah, I, I usually this is when you get some sort of a veteran player that has fallen out of flavor that ends up on the waiver wire that ends up, you know, hey, are they going to sign with anybody else? You're right. There wasn't a lot of that uh, this year. Maybe a couple surprises in Montreal from them absolutely mismanaging their. Oh, cap. yeah, we're going to uh, have to talk about that. And more, and honestly, again, this is just more evidence that Jim Pop, I'm sorry, I I don't think he's that good of a general manager. I just don't. What has he done since Matthews, Tressman, and Calvillo have moved on? Oh, he's completely mismanaged his salary cap. Um, basically has, I think, the only consensus team that if you look, like, you look at everybody's picks. I saw our friend Jamie Thomas. Uh, he threw out his picks today. I've seen picks from other media guys. The only consensus that everybody seems to come to is that Montreal is the last place team in the East. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's got it. And they're, they are in the worst salary cap trouble out of anybody, which is just, it blows my mind how you could screw it up uh, that badly. But, hey, um... I guess that's what happens with the Alouettes. Uh, the only one that maybe, again, lo- uh, me being locally here, that was a little surprising was a lot was Brett Smith. Yeah. I-, I think that uh, the Riders, th- they must be thinking of something because I don't know if they want to start the season with B.J. Coleman as their number two. Well, B.J. Coleman right now is the only other healthy quarterback. Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing. And they're on bye week right now, so you have to think that Jones has some irons in the fire here because I I don't know if that's a good way to start a season. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um it's going to be really interesting to see what they do and it's just it, right now Jones's comments have all been you'll see another quarterback here by Sunday. You almost wonder I don't know who out there would be possibly a trade possibility. Is well, there I'm thinking, anybody I'm looking that, at the that, Eskimos. Uh, but do you really think the Edmonton Eskimos are going to trade somebody to Saskatchewan? Well, I guess I just think it's a little bit overblown with uh, all of that uh, offseason stuff. I think Ed Hervey respects Chris Jones enough. I, 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 would, I would agree, but I just can't see somebody trading, you know, because Edmonton does have some good potential quarterbacks behind Mike Riley, who, let's face it, Mike Riley does not is far from a clean bill of health. Um, there's a good chance he's going to miss at least a game or two. That's just the style he plays. That's all part of it now. Why would you trade a guy that could potentially haunt you to a Western rival? I just That's the biggest... I'm not even thinking the, the Moss right, and, right, right. and Jones thing. I'm more thinking why trade... Like, like, why would you trade a guy like... I mean, we're all thinking Franklin. I think you as a Ryder fan would be the first to admit how sweet would it be if James Franklin was the backup quarterback in Saskatchewan. Uh, I know the guys at the Eskimo Empire pod would probably actually cry. Yeah. Um, I <clears throat> might have to drive to the Turf District just to make sure Andrew's okay <laughs> if that happens. 
Uh, but needless to say, I just don't know who's out there that you could possibly trade or sign. I'm just waiting for this moment at some point on Sunday. All of a sudden, rider practice. Think of it in your brain. Mosaic Stadium. Sunny and outdoors. Music starts filling the building. For some reason, JR is there. Ah! And you hear, back on! Back on! Is that Tino Sonsera's music? Oh, no! Back on! He's back from the dead! The official quarterback to an out CFL podcast! Worst quarterback ever! Back on! Back on! Man, if they go with Sonseri over over Brett Smith, then nothing has changed in Saskatchewan. Chris Jones N- nope. is Brendan Tamman in disguise. <laughs> that also will come off the part where he rips he rips off a uh, rips off a mask and it turns out it is Brendan Tam and he's just lost a whole pile of weight. Uh, some more final cuts. I was a little surprised uh, with Matt Buckner being released in uh, uh, Winnipeg. He's in Hamilton now, I guess, already. Uh, but with uh, bringing in Andrew Harris, uh, that kind of changed the ratio up a little bit for uh, Winnipeg. As far as other cuts, I mean, Clarence Denmark was let go. There was really nothing that big. Uh, one more thing on the Riders. I, I, I guess I don't think that Edmonton will ever trade uh, James Franklin. I guess I I thought that they would trade Thomas DeMarco, who uh, that seems a little bit more realistic to me. They have Jordan Lynch as well, but he's they, a special yeah. teams demon. He's great on special teams for the Eskimos. Well, and he does. He serves a few purposes. I'm I'm with you. Maybe Thomas De, uh, DeMarco is is the guy that they're looking at. Because he doesn't have the most experience, but he's got more than B.J. Coleman and Philip Sims in Saskatchewan. No, you're you're bang on. You're bang on. All right, so... <laughs> and and Philip Sims is on the six-game injury. Yeah, he is. He is. So <laughs> they have to bring somebody else in. Now, I... <laughs> I was sitting at my desk all day today, and I would think of Jim Pop and the Montreal Alouettes, and I would just laugh. Because... <laughs> I I don't know what is happening. I, I don't know if this can ever be fixed with Jim Pop at the helm, but we thought things were bad when uh, the Riders uh, ended up losing Maurice Price because he signed the big uh, signing bonus and retiring. Well, Jim Pop lost two cornerbacks who Mitchell White was given a $25,000 signing bonus. Dominique Ellis yep. was given a $10,000 signing bonus, and they got cut because he's so bad with the salary cap. I, I Like, at least Maurice Price. Okay, and you said it. What is worse, signing a guy and cutting him after paying him a bonus or accepting the bonus and then ghosting? Um, to me, it, Maurice Price basically went, you know what? I'm not going to make this team. Um, I'm just going to take the money and get the hell out of here. Well, the rest of the guys, you know, they gave the money with the intention of keeping them around and then went, oh, crap, we screwed up. So I'm going to say it's much worse in management to give a guy a large signing bonus and a large promised salary and then cutting him uh, than it is to take the money and run. Yeah, that is absolutely embarrassing. I. Oh, absolutely. There's no other way to put it. Again, the ineptitude, uh, maybe, like, he gets all the credit, and he's well-spoken, he seems like a good dude, but what's his coaching record? couple games under 500? Yeah. All time. 
And he has coached that team like eight different times. This time he's going in as a full-time coach. I just don't see anything that indicates that that Pop didn't just happen to be a lucky guy that, that hit a home run on Calvillo and bat-flipped it so hard he got to admire it for a handful of Grey Cup championships. Yeah, I actually look at that team and I think this team could be 500. But the fact that they have Jim Pop at uh, the head coach position screws them out of being a winning team. Uh, I I think the Montreal Alouettes have a lot of talent, actually. Uh, the, the offensive line's a little bit of a mess, really uh, inexperienced and young right now, but there's a lot of yep. offensive weapons. Uh, Tyrell Sutton, Deron Carter, uh, S.J. Green, Kenny Stafford, hey, heck, Nick, Nick Lewis, uh, he, he can still <laughs> make it happen. And on the defense, Bear Woods, John Bowman, there's a lot of guys there that are great talents, but with Jim Pop leading them, they're not going to yep. get it done. Nope, no, you are bang on there, Mr. Curra, yet again. I, I, I can't I, I can't disagree. I just I don't <laughs> think that Montreal's gonna I don't think they're gonna do anything. And and you're right, and, and people are gonna get their antennas up for us sitting here, you know, basically Hulk Hogan leg dropping Jim Pop over and over and over again mercilessly, but I just I like what what is one good move he's made since he lost Kevin and Tressman? Oh. He com- he convinced Deron Carter to come back north of the border, which cost him at least three different players that he had to cut. <laughs> yeah, he he knocked Muamba, Mitchell White, and Dominique Ellis. If all three of those guys were still on defense in Montreal, they could be the best in the league. Yep, oh, 100%. But instead, you had to go out. And, and again, that would have been a just fine team without Deron Carter. Deron Carter is going to be an absolute stud, but uh, they didn't need him. Basically. It, it, does this show why No Thorpe wanted out last year? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, exactly. I want to leave for Ed. Oh wait, I'm stuck here. Oh, I'm so sad. Hey, at least they got poutine and smoked meat sandwiches in Montreal, right? That's that's fair. They're still doing pretty all uh, right. The Riders did make a couple signings. Well, uh, the one signing, they signed Buddy Jackson, who was a Stampeder. They traded for Brandon McDonald from Calgary for a Neglis player. And they also grabbed two uh, Canadians. Uh, well, the, the, the headline was misleading. It caused uh, some battles on Twitter. But a couple players in BC declined practice roster spots. So Chris Jones went in and said, hey, Want to come to Saskatchewan? We got room for you to play. So they did, and it did not make Wally Buono happy. But but here's the thing, though, Travis. They're denying that they ever did that. John John Murphy went on Rod Peterson's show yesterday and said, that's not true. We didn't add those guys. There's been no official communication from the the riders to say they've added them. Jeez. It's it's really strange right now. Well, it did take them three weeks to announce the addition of uh, Jonathan Williams, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and, uh, I, I guess Just, let, let's go. Let's go watch. Let's go watch their Twitter feeds to see if uh, anybody's if anybody's been added. Yeah, <laughs> have they signed uh, uh, Rob Bag yet? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> like, I don't know why it takes forever for them to announce signings, but uh, I say it is true. This makes me wonder what Wally was doing in BC. And like everybody's talking about this unwritten rule, you can't steal guys and all this stuff. But Wally ended up keeping Jeremiah Johnson and Anthony Allen. I don't know. It, it seems like that running back battle is going to spill over 
from training camp into the first couple weeks of the regular season, and I could see Allen or Johnson being gone in a while because they want to make room for that rookie, uh, J.C. Coleman in B.C., yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a crowded backfield right now in BC, and that's that's why I would stay away from them, no matter which rendition of fantasy sports you're playing, whether it's fantasy football, whether it's DraftKings, whether it's TSN Pick'em. I just don't know if one guy, you're right, essentially the first couple of weeks are going to be an audition for either Anthony Allen Allen or any of the other guys in BC. Uh, uh, One more thing before we get to a little bit of nonsense. Uh, I do... I like nonsense. I want to commend uh, the CFL for uh, having that partnership with You Can Play. The Oh, yes. By the way, everything that they've butchered with the website and the stats i think they get a ton of credibility for partnering up with you can play an absolutely spectacular organization they've got a great line of apparel um i'm i'm a big supporter of you can play and i'm glad to see the cfl coming on board in such a public way yeah absolutely and if you want it's all about inclusion in sports whether your sexual orientation that all doesn't matter you can play and they actually sell a line of clothing cflshop.ca if you want to check that out i love i I love the line, yeah. if you can play, you can play. Absolutely. Uh, that That is cool. Now for a little bit of nonsense. We brought it up. Or maybe it isn't nonsense. We brought it up last week. Oh, I will make it nonsense, Travis. Okay, we brought this up last week just in passing about having a Ukrainian feast slash CFL pierogi challenge in uh, Toronto. Okay, th- this is not nonsense because this blew up, but this is awesome. <laughs> for the Grey Cup. And uh, I thought about, what, what if we had like some offensive linemen going head-to-head? These guys are the perfect poster boys for pierogi eating. So I sent out just a fun tweet, uh, seeing who would be in. Uh, Dan Clark and Chris Best, the old linemen from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Tony Washington from the Edmonton Eskimos. And also... Peter Dykowski. Yes, the smartest man in Canada from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. No wonder he's the smartest man in Canada. He's smart enough to accept a pierogi eating challenge. All four of them replied asking where they would sign up. <laughs> I, I went to the Edmonton Eskimos preseason game over the weekend against the Riders. I ran into Uncle Tim from the Eskimo Empire podcast. He's like, you have to make this happen. I know. I think you went from like kind of a joke and like kind of a laugh um, to all of a sudden, we might have a thing on our hands here in Toronto, or you're going to have a thing on your hands, because I don't know if I can go, unless we find some anonymous donor to send me there, um, or even we find a donor that wants to spend money, I will gladly whore myself out and like say all sorts of good things about them for the entire season if they send us the Grey Cup. And then we could organize the pierogi eating challenge. Uh, my youngest sister, Leah, she texted me, she's like, I went in on really? this. I'm a starving university student. <laughs> Nobody crushes pierogies like me. I'm like, do you realize who you're up against here? Travis holds a world record in some small town in BF Nowhere, Alberta. Four offensive linemen who are some of the best in the game, and especially the guys from Saskatchewan. No offense no offense to Washington and Dykowski, but you don't find better pierogies anywhere than Saskatchewan. Well, that's my question. You grew up in Ontario. Are they as big there as they are in the prairies? I'm worried about uh, pierogi availability during Grey Cup week in Toronto. Oh, you you will be able to go down to the local Loblaws and find okay. yourself a pile right. of pierogies. Um, availability, not a thing. Quality, you know, like I said, but for a pierogi eating contest, um, 
I don't know if you. I think you just need quantity, I agree. not quality. Fake fake gainer has come out of left field and has basically worked his way in there too. He said, "That's it. I, I'm going. I'm going to be a part of this." So, um, I I think we have to try to make this a thing. Um, obviously, we'll need to find some sort of restaurant partner in Toronto or one of. It would be really cool if we could swing it as part of one of the Grey Cup parties. Yes, I, I don't know how we swing this, uh, but if you know some. You're a part of the Grey Cup Festival organizing committee, or you just run a bar in Toronto. We want to come by and eat some pierogies in November. So, <laughs> and, we, and we will bring, and I can guarantee you, with a little bit of marketing that, that we think we're actually half decent at, we can get you people. It won't be, you know what, if you have a pierogi to challenge, to me, that is the perfect, like, like Spirit of Edmonton or Touchdown, well, maybe not Touchdown Manitoba because it's always a one-off, but a party like Spirit of Edmonton that lasts the whole week. To me, this is a perfect, like, three-in-the-afternoon activity. Okay, yeah. You know, like if Spirit or any of the other parties, the festival parties that are out there, if we, we should, I don't know, reach out to them. You're going to obviously be a big part of it um, as you are going to Grey Cup. Well, I still need an anonymous donor to spend a couple thousand dollars on sending me there. Actually, my Grey Cup crew, uh, <laughs> my brother is there and a uh, uh, friend of his that used to play high school with him in uh, Yorkton, Saskatchewan in the early 90s. Uh, played offensive line. He's going to be there as well. We once went to a seafood restaurant in Lloydminster for all-you-can-eat shrimp, and they actually show you the value of the shrimp you ate. It was $1,600 for for an $80 bill. And no wonder half the towns in the shrimp. Yeah, that restaurant closed down uh, not long after. (laughs) I, I blame you. I blame you for causing the economic collapse of Lloydminster. <laughs> Before we bring on Len Rhodes, I do want to give a shout out to the uh, Piffles podcast, the new Saskatchewan Rough Riders podcast that is releasing uh, episode three this week. They got a girl on there named Amy, and she does something called the Hottie Bowl. And I, I thought she hated me because I was trying. I think I think uh, Ryan Phillips is actually one of those handsome guys in the league. So where, where is Ryan Dinwiddie? Well, is he still in the league? Yes, he uh, is, I think. They're building an active depth chart. Does Dinwiddie count because he's with the Alouettes organization? He's the head coach. <laughs> he will be by Labor Day. <laughs> Literally <laughs> in Montreal. Eight, eight, that's because they'll rotate through eight coaches somehow. <laughs> So I can see I can see it now inside Jim Pop's office. Hey, hey here's what we're going to do now, guys. Guys, we got this sorted out. <laughs> Instead of me being the head coach all the time, we're going to let a different guy do it every single week. <laughs> I'm going to be week one. Week two is going to be Anthony. And then week three is going to be you, Mr. Handsome Eyes there, Ryan Dinwiddie. By week four, <laughs> they're not going to know what's coming at them because we're going to get Steve the janitor. And then, by the way, Andrew, this guy, I met him once. He's on this Eskimo Empire podcast. Who better than a podcast host in Edmonton to host the Montreal Alouettes? <laughs> Guys, this is going to work. Well, you would not be able to game plan for them, so it might be a good idea. It, <laughs> better than half the ideas they've had in a while. Um, his last idea will be, by the way, Anthony, I need you to quit that retirement bills <laughs> that you're just like coming up with i know you've been joking about it doing it for the lulls as the kids would say these days but seriously go suit up because we need you 
I just see the gracious Anthony Calvillo behind a ray of light, as I always picture Anthony Calvillo talking behind a ray of light, <laughs> going, oh, um, Jim, I'm retired. It looks it looks like I finally got through to Amy, and Ryan Phillips is on the depth chart, so uh, I guess... As he should absolutely. be. Absolutely. So follow... Where's Craig Butler? I know he's in- injured, but Craig Butler's another handsome you dude. You know what? Yeah, we got to suggest Craig Butler. He's on the injured list, but he deserves to be in the Hottie Bowl. Follow them uh, at Hottie Bowl and at Piffles uh, Podcast as well if you want some Rough Rider news. I know they appreciated me periscoping the Eskimos Riders preseason game last half, week. Half the league did. Which it looked like it was uh, filmed through a potato, but I guess it was better than nothing. <laughs> I was getting, I was getting texts and tweets and everything uh, asking, "Hey, are you the one periscoping?" And actually, uh, Kelly Bale from Last Road on Sports and the Let's Talk CFL podcast sent me a message on Facebook. He's like, "Are you the one that's that's per- uh, that's periscoping this?" And I said, "Why? No, did Travis say something stupid?" That I should be offended about, and he's like, "No, no, no! I just wanted to say th- thanks a lot." So I, I'm, I'm just glad that normally when people start asking me what you're doing, <laughs> I think the audio is carrying over, and I know, I know the kind of conversations you and I have had off air. I'm like, "Oh, great! He's swearing up a storm, and there's no angry elk on Periscope." But I know lots of people appreciated it, and I actually did a TV appearance on uh, on CTV locally here in Saskatoon, and I might have just slid it in there, a little name drop for you on your Monday morning. Nice, awesome! I. I appreciate that. I'm Saskatoon famous. Uh, Let's bring on Len Rhodes to talk some Edmonton Eskimos. Joining us on the phone is president and CEO of the Edmonton Eskimos, Len Rhodes. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Now, this has to be a very exciting season uh, as a member of the Eskimos organization. Obviously, coming off a Grey Cup win, uh, but all, I was just in the stadium on Saturday. Twenty nine thousand people for a preseason game, yeah. and was, the stadium is looking awesome. Talk about some of the changes at Commonwealth. Thank you. Uh, you're you're right, Travis. Uh, we had the I'm proud to say the largest crowd across the CFL in the two weeks of preseason games and uh, we're really really happy about that bodes well for uh, the fans coming out and that there's a continued momentum from last year we uh, of course yes being champions means that uh, you're you have a target on your back so everyone wants to challenge us even that much more this year in the off season we decided to uh, to put a almost close to three million dollars in capital project expenses so over and above going to get a whole new coaching staff yeah. led by Jason Moss we said we also got to continue to focus on making the environment in the stadium better and uh, Leading that uh, list of projects is a new LED power ring, and uh, it's making uh, this old girl shine again. Commonwealth Stadium is a beautiful stadium, built in 78. But now when you look back, we've replaced all the seats uh, a few years ago. We brought Wi-Fi into the stadium last year, which was totally funded by the club and by TELUS, and we didn't ask the city for any money, even though the city owns the stadium. They get to use it for other events like concerts. Yeah. And... Um, it's just a wonderful thing. This LED ring allows us, of course, to communicate and uh, celebrate touchdowns to, of course, uh, putting sponsorship in there to bring some revenue so that we can pay the bills. But the stadium looks great. And uh, in addition to that, we brought our Wall of Honor name. So there's 30 heroes, greats from the past, 
whether it's, uh, you know, Gizmo, Williams, Warren Moon, you name them. And we brought their names and plaques down the field level. And in addition to that, in the concourses, we've erected 30 banners with the photos of all of those same 30 players uh, paying respect to the tradition of the past and making sure that we don't forget about the future. So it's a great balance, but there's so many things going on. And for the young adult, we've uh, put in two new party decks, the Coors Light party deck and the Bacardi party deck, and it allows young adults who actually literally don't want to sit down during a game, want to stand up, have a, uh, one of their favorite beverages, and watch the game and being able to socialize. That's a big trend in North America. Uh, a lot of people in certain demographics just want to be with friends, socialize, and not be strapped down to a single seat. Well, I think we see that at stadiums in Ottawa and even in Edmonton. Uh, you know, you go to the stadium, there's so many people standing on the ends. Yes. Well, why not yes. have a place for them to stand a little bit closer uh, to the field uh, and and have their beverage of choice? Now, I'm a Ryder fan. I'm really excited. Like, on Saturday, I was in the stadium, yes. and it looked... It, it just felt like a brand new stadium with how bright it is with the new Thank seats, you. the LED uh, ring around. The, the Wall of Honor, uh, closer to the field, it almost looked like those were brand new, too. Was, were the, are those yeah. the same plaques? Because they really popped out. I'm glad you noticed that. Actually, they're brand new. So okay. while we took down the uh, old ones, we put brand new signs. And what we've done, we've offered the uh, former signs to the uh, players, the alumni themselves, to see if they want, they got first dibs on them. And uh, these things are 18 feet long, so you yeah. can't just throw that in the trunk of your car <laughs> and take them home. Actually, most are, have said that they will not take the signs. I think four have chosen to take them, but they want to donate them. So if we're going to put them up for a charity auction. Wow. And we'll be giving the funds back to the Edmonton Eskimos alumni so they can do some community endeavors with that money. That is really cool to hear. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, LED ring at night. Uh, mm -hmm. That is going to really shine. I do want to ask you about uh, the young adults, getting them into the stadium. I think the party deck is a great uh, step. But that launch party you had uh, just last month with the New Jerseys, it, it looked like there was so much excitement surrounding this team. It looked like it was a great event. It was really a great event. I think we did something that people didn't expect. Um, very often we, we do things the same way and speak to the same people. What we want to do is introduce ourselves to people that maybe haven't been to the stadium in a while, or if they have, they've been to a game, and we want them to come back for more than one game in a in a year. Because we are a gate-driven league, Travis. There's uh, people that buy tickets. That's the most, Unlike other pro sports, when it comes to Canadian Football League, our number one source of revenue is literally ticket sales. So yeah. if you buy tickets, you're supporting your club. Uh, TV falls far below what other uh, leagues get and far below what we have to generate from our own ticket revenue. That party was a way for us to show all the highlights of what was to come. And, of course, just uh, this past Saturday, it all came to life. But it was a nice, literally, a party atmosphere. And we want younger people to come in without alienating any of the older traditional crowd. Now, that's a balance because you got to do things that make people that have been coming for 20 and 30 years and supporting the club, they deserve everything that you can offer them. But at the same time, we can't just sit back and say, well, the world's going to take care of itself. We've got to talk to the children and their grandchildren. And on that fact, the grandchildren, we just signed a great partnership with the Brick. Yeah. Who are now field naming partners, so it's the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. And the Brick has, what made this partnership the most interesting is the programs that they're bringing in for families and kids. And let me give you a few examples. 
We have uh, relaunched the Knot Hole Corner, and for as little as $60 a year, a child 12 and under can get a season seat. That's $6 a game. Wow. And that partnership allows us to subsidize those prices so that the kids can come to the game. They put a clubhouse, Brickley's Clubhouse. Now, Brickley is their mascot at the Brick. Yeah. There's a clubhouse where they're going to bring kids into a suite that was totally converted into this clubhouse where basically parents have to ask kids permission to go now into the clubhouse <laughs> and uh, what's wonderful about that they're also going to have kids from the uh, Stollery Children's Hospital each and every game that's going to attend there and then amongst all of that we're going to have games face painting uh, bouncy castles uh, clowns with balloons so that we cater to that demographic so when you come to Commonwealth Stadium uh, there's a lot of different things going on so now with the BRICS help we have a real program dedicated to family and children so that we have something for everyone but we do it in designated zones so that the person who's here to drink a few beers yeah. doesn't get in the way of the kids that want to have a good time and they have very very different needs so it keeps it interesting and keeps us on our toes because not there's nothing in terms of one size fits all we've got to do different things catering to different segments and i know is it the brick kids club as well where the kids get to go into the field yeah. after the game and well, that- travis that's where it all started so okay yeah Their president had come here. uh, He was a guest in my suite, actually, two years ago and saw that after the game, our players go down on the field and uh, spend time with kids out of this kids' club, sign autographs, shake hands. These are memories that are formed for life. Think of yourself. There may have been one athlete when you were a little child that stands out that you remember today that you met on the street in a mall or at a game that signed an autograph for you. These are uh, memories for life. So their president at the time from the BRICS said, wow, how can I get involved with that? So they last year became the sponsor of the Kids Club. In the off-season, we continued that relationship and said, how can we even go deeper? And uh, now with the uh, Knothole Gang coming back in that corner and what we're doing with the clubhouse, that's a testament to the brick in terms of trying to give back. Their head office is in Edmonton, so they're an Alberta-based company. They uh, service the whole country, but they've chosen to invest into this city knowing that their head office is here and making sure that there's a connection with the community. Awesome. We, t- we talk about getting the young people in the stands, and you've kind of talked about it. Is it, is it tricky for that balance with the younger people, the kids, the, the college kids, but also the current season ticket holders to kind of uh, give them some benefits as well? It is a, it is a, you're walking a tightrope in these things. Uh, for example, just so you know, our fans give us a lot of feedback. One that came in this morning, someone says the music seems to be louder. And uh, then we run into younger people that say the music's not loud enough. <laughs> I can tell you if I took a survey in a game, half would say it's too loud, half say it's not loud enough. Half want rock and roll, the other half want uh, easy listening. So you try to uh, do it in a way to make everyone happy, uh, but sometimes you can't literally make everyone happy, but we try our best. But when you have, example, thirty to 40,000 people coming to a game, uh, you're trying to cater to everyone with different programs. So, yeah, it, it makes it challenging because the programs for kids and children or the teens and the young adults and the people that are 60-plus uh, have very, very uh, different likes. But uh, if we show respect, which I believe we do, yep. community-owned team, we try to do whatever the fans want. It's not about what music Len Rhodes wants to listen to, because it was up to me, ACDC would be on every <laughs> tune. But that's not what it's about. It's what the fans want. So we'll have ACDC in there, but we're going to have country in there as well, and we're going to have a big mix of things. And this Saturday, we have USS that's going to come at halftime, 
and uh, they're uh, you know a band that caters to the younger demographic and when focus groups that demo 20 to 30 said uh, when we tested the uh, names of uh, music USS scored very high and actually flow rider later in the years coming as well and that's a major coup that's great cup halftime material quality uh, coming to a regular season game here in Edmonton. That is huge. Is that you probably can extend the halftime a little bit like you do at Great Cup, but that's a massive act to be doing Isn't halftime. It? Yeah. Even the other teams across the league, including your riders, Travis, say how do you get guys like that? Well, <laughs> we're we are paying them and that's why uh we try to get people to come and buy tickets because what we try to do as a not-for-profit community-owned team, we put it back into three areas. Football, uh, what goes on the field, product is king. The second was the game day experience for our fans when we host you 10 times a year and hopefully 11 if we're in the home playoffs where we host. Yeah. And the third area that we put our resources is community. Uh, last year, 850 public appearances were made by our players, our coaches, our cheer team, and our staff. That's incredible numbers. They're in hospitals. They're in schools for reading week. They're supporting minor football. Everything under the sun. Uh, not many people are doing that in the world of pro sports these days. Unfortunately, there's an alienation between the athlete that's making millions of dollars and mm-hmm. the person that's buying their tickets. But in the CFL, uh, it is Canada's league. And in any of the nine markets, I congratulate all nine teams for what they do to make sure that they stay connected with the everyday fan. This Saturday, of course, uh, USS doing the halftime show, but it's the home opener. And I think the momentum with Commonwealth Stadium's uh, amazing. The atmosphere at the West Final last year was awesome. The preseason game this year was great as well, just under 30000 for the preseason. But this home opener, Grey Cup rematch, Ottawa Red Blacks coming to town, uh, Jason Moss against his team he was with uh, just last year. And you're doing something special for the kids this week and as well. Yeah, this week as well. Uh, kids that come in with their parent, we're going to give them actually a student voucher. And if you're 12 years or under, you'll get a ticket for free if your parents buy one at regular price. And if you're a teen, you can want to come with your buddies and your parents aren't cool anymore all of a sudden, then come in and uh, that second ticket will be half price. So uh, all you have to do is show your student card or if you're under 12, uh, make sure there's some ID there with your parents and we'll take care of it. We do that once a year. Usually we do it for the Labor Day rematch this year. We said we're going to do it out of the gate because it is cool to have the Grey Cup rematch. What's nice, we created a few rivalries with Ottawa. Uh, And rivalries is what drives uh, this, you know. The fact that you are a Riders fan and I'm an Eskimos fan, we can both have a beer and joke about it. One thing we have in common is we both love the game. So whether you're an Eskimos fan, a Red Blacks fan, or a fan of any other team, uh, we welcome you here because that's half of the fun people teasing one another during the game and at the end of the day whatever the score is after the game is over you can go out and celebrate with a beer with that person i remember at the west final the east final was on uh the the screen just outside of commonwealth at the uh at the uh, tailgate and when ottawa got that winning touchdown i think everybody was cheering it was it was so exciting to yes. see but i think uh, the eskimos are rivals with a third of the league now uh the riders because of the chris jones of course calgary the provincial battle yeah. and uh ottawa as well with the jason You're Moss. Right. <laughs> You're right. We gotta find a way to start having a fight with BC. <laughs> there, no one, no one dislikes BC. So we gotta rivalries are great. You know, we yeah. even had fun last year, Great Cup, when we prevented the um, celebration that Ottawa does during their home games by uh, cutting logs with the lumberjacks. And we argued to the league that uh, Great Cup is supposed to be an equal playing field, 
And since we didn't bring our celebration tools, we weren't going to allow them to do it. So the commissioner had to reverse his decision, and uh, that caused a lot of uproar in Ottawa amongst their fans, and we liked that. That's what we want to do, and uh, while we were focused on uh, getting ready for the game, we were hoping to unsettle some... uh, some of the other uh, team members so that they would lose their focus and focus on the wrong things. <laughs> well, let's face it, the defense did a good job of preventing the celebration too, so... <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Absolutely. Started off with a bang. They had us nervous for sure, this, yeah. the way the game started uh, in that great cup, but true to uh, form, our players uh, and our coaching staff kept their heads uh, very cool, came back and got back to their basics and readjusted, especially at halftime. And it's like it's yesterday. Uh, we've had a great run with merchandise. We've had record merchandise that we've never seen in the history of this club wow. uh, since the Great Cup victory. So let's hope that continues because, again, no matter what stadium you're in, it's always nice to see the home fans wear their colors and uh, green and gold uh, here in Edmonton. And uh, even when your team comes back in uh, in a few weeks, uh, we want to have more uh, green and gold than green and white. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be a fun Friday night atmosphere. Uh, that's for sure. It will be. <laughs> Len Rhodes, president and CEO of the Edmonton Eskimos, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Travis. See you at the game. Thank you once again for CEO and President of the Edmonton Eskimos, Len Rhodes, for joining us this week on the show. We will bring back the Fantasy Expose next week. Uh, we did draft uh, for the CFL Podcast Family League. I guess this week we're against uh, Rouge Radio. Uh, we'll let you know how our week one matchup goes. We also have the two and out uh, podcast listener league going on as well that we'll keep you updated on throughout the season. But I don't think you care to hear about our teams uh, on Fantasy. So no, nobody wants to hear all about the teams. They just I think they'll want to hear a little bit of fun. Um, in between, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's maybe maybe just real quickly, Travis, as you handled that draft, who was one guy you were super pumped you got, and at what spot? You know, I am super pumped to have Darrell Walker. Uh, I I got him really early, fifth overall, but at twelfth, I also got Chris Williams. So to have those two guys on the same team, I'm super pumped about. Uh, and I also got the Argos at pick twenty one. So I think our my my draft got off to a great start uh and i'm really happy with having those three two uh three key pieces you uh i was texting you for a little bit of advice i wanted to bring you in on it and we agreed on nothing so i figured ah screw fraser (laughs) that's because you texted me and like i'm doing stuff because i have a kid and a life and all of a sudden it's like Oh, hey, you're too late. I picked this other guy. Or, oh, hey, that guy that you said got picked already. So screw you. for. So if we are awful in this league, it is 100% entirely your fault. However, with us playing Rouge, I think what we need to do, I think you need to change the avatar to that picture that I have of Simone Lawrence instead of Kendall Lawrence. Just this kind of, you know, we can all have a laugh about it. In fact, I will find that picture right now. I will email it to you, and that had better be our avatar as we take on Rouge Radio by the end of the night. We will. Uh, also, TSN Fantasy going on uh, this year again. You can actually find us uh, if you if you sign up on there. Uh, it's almost like DraftKings. It's free to play, and the Two and Out group is on TSN uh, Fantasy as well. It's just public. Uh, you just join us and uh, have some fun with that as well as CFL Pick'em, pick'em.cfl.com. 
Fraser.ca. Join our group on there and see if you can pick against Fraser and I. Let's do those picks for week one right now. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. All right, week one opens up. The season opens up with the Toronto Argonauts hosting the Hamilton Tiger Cats, a fierce rivalry at BMO Field to open up the season. Jeremiah Mazzoli gets the start for the Tiger Cats as Zach Caleros is still on the mend. Who do you have in the Battle of Southern Ontario? I think for that lone reason... I, I, I like Jeremiah Masoli. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. Uh, he hasn't shown a ton to me. Again, he hasn't had a lot of chances to play. I'm not super confident on this pick, but I am going to go with the Toronto Argonauts. I think a healthy Ricky Ray. They have a home for the first time. They have a home field advantage for the first time in God knows how long uh, at BMO Field. I think there's a lot of hype and excitement around the league, around the city for this one, and I don't think the Argonauts disappoint, so I'm taking the Argos and... Because this is what we do. Um, we're going to play a little musical pick'em. Yes. Um, let's play as our representative from Toronto, even though they're originally from Thunder Bay. They live there now. The poor young things representing the Toronto Argonauts. with the Argos as well, so uh, we won't be playing the Arkells this week. Sorry, boys. Can can, can we do it just because I love that song just for a minute? Can you just spin it? Just, okay. Just... All right. Tie cats are humming. Let's do it. Feels like Such a that's such a great su- song. It just it makes is. me feel like football is back. Um, but yeah, we both picked the Argo, so I'm sure prepared to hear a lot of hate. This is my favorite part. Friday night football tonight. It is the <laughs> Bombers hosting the Montreal Alouettes. Who do you have? Friday night football at uh, Investors Group Field. Well, by my matchup here, I'm head coach and general manager Jim Pop. I'm going to dress eight quarterbacks for this game. We're going to play three of them in the backfield at all times. There will be three laterals before every forward pass. We're going to call it barnstorming football, you know, and actually we're only going to play with one offensive lineman. Uh, The Bombers are winning this one because the Montreal Alouettes are a cluster right now. By the way, that was the angry elk for new listeners. Uh, they they uh, censor us when... Uh, oh, there's already <laughs> two other angry elks back there. I hope you didn't miss them. Where? <laughs> I, I said like twice. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Believe it or not, I am going Alouettes here. I... Uh, I feel like they could create a new formation, you know, the Wildcat. Maybe they create the Wild Bird, you know? Wow. Oh, wow. This is you are showing faith in the Alouettes. Uh, So representing Winnipeg this week, the one and only Burton Cummings. These eyes are crying. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never going to see another one like I have. Representing Montreal, why don't we go with a little bit of respectables? That's why I'm giving it up, giving it up for my 
Doubleheader, the Eskimos raise their 2015 Grey Cup banner, 5 o'clock, uh, mountain time, I guess I should say that, against the Ottawa All-Caps. Who do you have in this one? Well, uh, they lost the All-Caps moniker after they made Brazilian tie get a Brazilian wax by posting 12 wins. So I'm just going to call them this year the Red Blacks until they start to suck and start proving me wrong. I'm going to take the visiting Ottawa Red Blacks. I have said it before. I'm not sold on the new look Edmonton Eskimos defense. I think their offense is going to be fine, but you know what? Ottawa had decent defense last year. I think that I think it's going to be a shootout. I think this will be the game to watch this week, but I think Ottawa uh, comes out on top, which means we only have one real pick here. It's Alanis Morissette. It's like Look at you sucking up to our nation. I think the defending Grey Cup champions will start with a home opener win. It's going to be an interesting dynamic because, of course, Jason Moss was the offensive coordinator for Ottawa last year, but he's the coach for Edmonton as the Grey Cup banner gets raised at Commonwealth Stadium. I <laughs> I don't know. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Does this, does this mean if you're picking the Eskimos that, that we get to... <sighs> We're singing fight, 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 fight on Eskimos. Eskimos. Cheering fight, fight, fight on, on Eskimos. <laughs> yes, that was the worst rendition. We'll work on it as the season goes on. We were so we were so tight at the end of last year. How was that such crap? Hey, it's still preseason, man. <laughs> <laughs> the final game of the week. It is Calgary and BC. I think this one is the game to watch. Uh, it will be Ooh. going down, uh, I guess, what, 10 o'clock uh, Eastern time uh, at BC Place. And I might, I might be in bed by then. Yeah, it, it <laughs> Who do you have? I'm not even I, kidding. I have a hunch uh, with who you have, but uh, let's confirm it. Well, I'm going to go and say that I've got the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah. So let's spin spin a little dudes. I think they're going to be the best team in the West Division this year, and they're going to start it off with a big win opening night in BC against the Lions. Jerome Messam is going to run all over the Lions defense, quite literally. He will be like, he's going to look like Super Mario. They're going to be bouncing off of him with the... So play some dudes from Calgary. Saturday, 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 Saturday night. I am going uh, BC Lions, actually. What, 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 what? I think we're going to, one of us is going to do really well this week. One of us isn't, and uh, I don't know. I believe in Jonathan Jennings. I believe in Nick Moore. And look, he's healthy. It's only week one. Uh, Manny Arsenault, a big hill. Elamimi in his back. And the home opener, I think they're going to have a great uh, atmosphere at BC Place. I'm going Lions. 
I uh, oh, I like uh, so so. Basically, our plan is this year because we sucked so bad at pick them last year. <laughs> it's just make sure we disagree on every pick, so at least one of them is going to get them right. I like it. That is uh, my Ex- thinking, and I'm going to play some Chilliwack, man, because I feel like it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That does it. Uh, the only game we agree on is Hamilton and Toronto. Uh, everything else, completely opposite. We will see what happens, and I'm sure something will happen where we are both 0-4 next week. It, it's going to happen. So there's going to be three ties. <laughs> and Hamilton's the tie gonna cats win. are going to win, and then there's going to be three ties. <laughs> I totally uh, see that happening. We will be back next week. Welcome if you are a brand new listener to the Two and Out CFL podcast. I'm Travis Curra. He's John Fraser. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We will talk to you next week.